I'm sure the words will come behind as well, but Psalm 67, and I'm just going to read this uh, psalm to us, it's not long, and then we're going to uh, look at some of the things that God, I believe, wants to say to us through this psalm, and we've already been singing about this in our worship. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. I've entitled this word, let the nations be glad. Verse four, let the nations be glad. The first thing I want us to grasp is God's heart for the nations. His heart is for all nations. Can you say the word all out loud, please? All. His heart is for all nations. I think the Queen has visited more nations than anyone else ever on this planet. She had a kind of heart for the nations. You could see that in her life. And I want us to catch this morning God's heart for the nations so that we, his people, will also have a heart for the nations as well. Most famous verse in the Bible, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I don't believe that that for one minute means God so loved the earth, the planet. It means God so loved the peoples of the world. It's like God loves the nations of the world and he is constantly longing for more nations to be loved, to be reached, and to be touched. So that Isaiah 49, I absolutely love this. This is God sort of speaking to the one nation that he had, Israel, and then prophetically making a statement thousands of years before Jesus was born. Isaiah 49, verse 6, he says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel, I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth or that my gospel will be preached to every nation, every tongue before the Lord Jesus comes back again. You catch the heart of God wanting not just a few nations, but all nations. Of course, it says in Matthew 24, verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. And the Bible says that around the throne of God, we heard a, we heard a prophetic word about the audience before the throne, around the throne of God, 
there will be every tribe and every tongue and every nation. I wonder what language we are going to speak in heaven. Just turn to the person next to you and say what language you think we'll be speaking in heaven. (laughs) You know the answer is? The answer some of my friends have told me, which probably none of you said apparently, is Welsh. That's going to be the nation's, the heavenly language. You know, the thing about this wonderful sense of around the throne, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, displayed in heaven, is that simply that is going to be too late for a lot of people to get to the end of your life and realise then every tribe, every tongue, every nation. I absolutely believe that it's God's purpose that that revelation of every tribe, every tongue, every nation is to be displayed on earth before we get to heaven. And that the church of Jesus Christ, new community church being one of those churches, has the opportunity to now to display this reality. The issue is this, the gospel is for everyone and the gospel works So the church is made up of people of whom we are one in Christ, no matter what tribe, tongue, or nation we're from. We're all part of a new nation, the nation that Jesus is creating. We're one new man in Christ. The barriers that have separated us come down because of the gospel. We become a prophetic demonstration to a divided and broken world that we can come together as humanity, but only through Jesus. I don't know if it's occurred to you, but every time we pray the Lord's Prayer and we pray prayers like, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, this is what we're praying. It's kind of saying, well, as it is in heaven, every tribe, tongue and nation, so let it be now on earth. I'm not saying something weird. It's just something we should be praying about and believing God for that every local church should be displaying this diverse company of people who've all been brought together through this wonderful gospel. The local church expresses the universal church. And the universal church all over the world is made up of every tongue and every nation and every language. And so it should be for us. The, The church worldwide is made up of very different people from very different backgrounds. And so the local church, New Community Church, should be made up of people of all ages, of all classes, of all cultures, of all languages, of every skin colour, of every lifestyle. Every type of food is probably eaten on a weekly basis in the life of this church, and you and I don't even know about it, because we have diverse tastes, music, is something that's not uniform to us. This, we go around this room, everybody will like all kinds of different music. We don't split because we don't like the music that we either like or we don't like. There's still a rumour around that there are people in new community that like country music, but there we go. I just have to learn to love people that love country music. <laughs> I have the privilege of travelling a lot. So Liz and I are often travelling and we have the joy of going around. Guess what? It's different cultures, different classes, different skin colours, different music, different types of food. I was in Scotland last weekend and twice I was offered haggis. It's just part of the deal you have to put up with. (laughs) 
so, I actually like it. There's a lot of brown sauce. Um, it's, listen, this is important. It is so much easier to be in a church when everybody's like you. Do you know why one of the reasons that churches where everyone's like you exists is because it's so hard and not straightforward to be in a diverse church community. So you find churches where everyone's the same age or everyone's the same color or everybody is the same class. I understand why they exist because actually that's the way that it's so simpler for you. The challenge with diversity on earth in church is massive. Uh, You know, sometimes you go and visit a church, you feel, well, I don't fit here. Why do you feel like that? Well, because a lot of people are not like you. But that's a tragic thing that you say the moment you say that. Or, perhaps even worse, your church that you're in starts changing where lots of people not like you start coming into your church. And so therefore you don't feel that you fit as well as you used to. People leave churches over this issue as to because it's so diverse and not so straightforward. But the richness of diversity is absolutely wonderful. And the impoverishment of segregation is so great, you have no idea what you're missing out on. God's multicolored grace on display to a watching world. The church that Jesus is building, whether you or I like it or not, has no discrimination. It has no favoritism. And it has no segregation. It's well recorded that apparently in the United States, the greatest moment of demonstration of segregation is 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And that is a terrible statement to have to make. But people will say that is the reality. We live in London. This is a multicultural, multi-everything city. And so the church should be at the front of displaying what that looks like as we all come together. So to be in a city where there are black majority churches and where there are white majority churches is not good news. It says something to people that we haven't yet found a way in order to come together, whereas the very heart of the gospel is it's already happened for us. The gospel is for everyone. Being a family is for everyone. The grace of God is available for everyone, whoever you are. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. It's never restricted to one people. And on the day of Pentecost, we see a demonstration of this where every tribe, tongue, and nation was all in Jerusalem at the same time. And the Spirit came on everybody, and 3,000 were saved. And the prophetic word is this is the promise to you and your children and your children's children. So this is intergenerational, and it's to all who are far off. In other words, this is for all the nations of the world. This is the burden sharing from this psalm, Psalm 67, and it's this, that new community is this kind of church. I'm not going to ask you to look around this morning, but if you've been in this church for 20 years, you already know the dramatic transformation that God is doing, not only in this congregation, but the other congregations that we have, 
In New Community, this is the kind of church that Jesus is building. It's the kind of church that I want to be part of. I really pray it's the kind of church that you want to be part of. And it's the kind of church that God is making us to be. And folks, there's no going back. And rather than, mm, I have to put up with this diverse thing, it's to be celebrated. It's to be rejoiced in. It's to be, you know, okay, so everything's changing and we're a demonstration to the world of all the nations, one in Christ Jesus. That is a wonderful, what a privilege to be in a church community that's demonstrating on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I'm just pausing to see whether or not you are with me. Yeah. Amens are not just reserved for one or two verses. I, I, I really don't want Reuben up here just saying amen as the only voice in the room. So here's the question. How can we be sure that we as a church are reaching the nations? Two things. And they're going to be a bit surprised, but just stay with me. The first is this. We need to get in the river of life or the river of God. Let me explain that to you. From Genesis through to Revelation, there are constant references to the rivers or the river of God. If you do a study on it, it just keeps coming up every now and then. Of course, the rivers are a demonstration of the, um, of the presence of God, of the Holy Spirit working, and they're there all through Scripture. Psalm 46, verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. You don't know this, but there is a constant river flowing through the church community. There is a constant river from God affecting our lives. Ezekiel 47, I'm just going to read this to you because it's kind of fun, is a prophetic statement. Some of you know this passage well. It's a vision of a river coming from the temple of God and flowing through the people of God. And the prophetic word is, you know, getting it to your ankles and then get up to your knees and then get up to your waist. But the real purpose is you're so in this river that your feet leave the, the ground and you just flow. I think in this prophetic thing, I think some of us are in, you know, put our toe in. Some of us have got our ankles in. Some of us have got into it. We got used to it being in our knees. I'm talking about a river full of diversity. And there are some of us, our feet are now taken off the ground. Hallelujah. And we're kind of just letting God come and letting his heart come into us. But I want to pick it up. This is so important in verse 9 of Ezekiel 47. And just look at it carefully with me. It's important. And wherever the river goes... Every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there, that the waters of the sea be, may become fresh. So everything will live where the river goes. Let me tell it again. Everything will live wherever the river goes. 
Fishermen will stand beside the sea from Engedi to Eneglan. It will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of many, many kinds, like the fish of the great sea, but its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are left to be, they are to be left for salt. And on the banks on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be food and their leaves for healing. And there are other passages about the river where it says, and they will be healing for the nation. So this river that flows through us is not to stay contained within us. It is constantly flowing through us and then flowing out from us to those who are around. Isaiah 41 verse 17, the poor, the needy seek water, There's none. Tongue is parched with thirst. I, the Lord, will answer them. I will not forsake them. I will open rivers on barren heights and into the valleys. I will drench them and make the wilderness a pool of water. Everything that's barren, everything that's dry, God will make this river flow and give water and supply to those who desperately need it. Psalm 84, blessed are those whose strength is in you in whose heart are the highways to Zion. This is talking about you and me. As they walk through the valley of Baca, which means tears, they will make it a place of springs. The rain, the early rain covers it with pools. Rivers, rivers, rivers. There is a river of God, a river of life flowing through the people of God that's not to be contained within ourselves, but to go out to reach all peoples, all the nations of the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. These rivers are vital. They are important. They are describing what we are as a people. So it never gets stagnant. It never dries up. It never stays put. It always flows on. So when you find a church that has become parochial or internalized things or even become uh, nostalgic or maybe homogenous, or homogeneous, I never know how to say this, or homogeneous. It it just simply means uh, the same kind of people. These are churches that have got out of the river and they're now on the bank. That's all you can say about it because if you're on the river, it never becomes any of those things. And you know, the local church has a river running through it that Jesus talked about right at the beginning of the beginning of the church. This is a verse that you all know, but it's the same theme. Acts 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So every local church, is, we've got our Jerusalem here in southeast London, but we've got our Judea, which is beyond us, and we've got our Samaria, which is people that you and I don't get on with, and then to the ends of the earth. You keep seeing this prophetic picture that's running through the word of God. And then Psalm 2, I'm just looking at my notes because I can't get through everything and I'm running out of time, which is a real shame. But Psalm 2, verse 6, I think this is what James is preaching at Eltham this morning, so you might get to hear this. But Psalm 2, as for me, this is a conversation between God the Father and God the Son. They're talking to one another. As for me, I, the Father says, have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son today and I have begotten you. 
Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. Have you got the message this morning? Let the nations be glad. The gospel's on the way. The kingdom is coming. God's heart is for all nations. And if you live in a city like you and I do, all the nations of the world are all around us. And so God's heart is to reach all of these people. And there is a river of life flowing through us. It's unstoppable. And you and I invite you, if we just flow with this river, our hearts will be changed. Our discrimination towards one another will be changed. We'll be a different kind of people because the river of God will keep pumping and sending us beyond where we are. I just want to throw this verse in for free because I just love this verse. It really ends up showing you the heart of God. Isaiah 51 and verse 1. I hope it comes behind me. I don't know if it does. It's just great. God says, I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask me. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. Even the nations that block the gospel, even the nations that said, we're not going to have this here. God says, here I am, <laughs> here I am. You're not even searching for me, but I'm going to come and invade you. In 1908, in South Korea, as far as we can calculate, there was not one born-again Christian. No one had heard of Jesus. And some missionaries had spent years translating the Bible into the Korean language and arrived on a beach, and they were murdered on the beach. But the box containing the Bibles remained. And no one knows to this day how it happened. But somebody picked up those Bibles and read them and came to faith in Jesus. 1908. Today, 33% of the South Korean nation claim to be born again Christians. And they send more missionaries around the world than any other nation in terms of the size of their population. One day God said, here I am. You weren't even looking for me. And now that whole nation has been transformed by the gospel. The blessing, the provocation we get of knowing the things that God has said about this river that is flowing through us. Second and final thing is this. It's not going to surprise any of you, but it's got to be said. It's just a matter of being filled and filled and filled again with the Holy Spirit. If we want to reach the nations, it will never happen through self-efforts. If we want to be a diverse church, trying hard is not going to work because unity and being together is a work of the Spirit. We all know that the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as our helper. He's the one who's come to help us in so many different ways. Well, believe you me, we need the helper to help us to reach the nations, to change our hearts, to remove prejudice, to deal with racism, to remove the barriers. And if there's unforgiveness in our hearts, whoever we are because of history and the past and what people have done to us, the Holy Spirit can help us to forgive those who we hold grudges, however justified, because the Holy Spirit has the power to cause us as men and women being filled with the Spirit, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. It's a heart issue, folks. 
And if we allow the Holy Spirit to do a work on our hearts, then we will see transformation. Therefore, we need constantly as a church to be filled with the Holy Spirit because as far as I can see, he's the only one that can truly make this thing work. So three things about the Spirit of God when it comes to reaching the nations through the power of the Spirit. The first is this. Unity will come to us in diversity because of our union with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptised into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and were all made to drink of the one spirit. The way you got into the family of God, the way that you became a Christian, is the same for everybody, no matter your class or your age or your skin colour. So when we come to Jesus, we accept one another because we have all been accepted through him. I don't get to accept you because you are like me and because you like what I like. I don't get to accept you like that. You don't, I'm sorry, but you don't get set, set me. You think, who's this grey-haired white guy I've got to put up with for the rest of my life? You don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. We all come through that same experience of being born of the Spirit. Therefore, our unity is already established. We're not trying to be one. We already are one before we started the journey. And the issue is we just need to let that be displayed. And so our ongoing, we're all equal in Christ, whoever we are. And our ongoing unity is on the basis of the person of the Holy Spirit. He is our unifier and he always will be. I hear talk to churches sometimes and they just say, you know, well, we tried the diversity thing and it really just didn't work. It works because you're filled with the Holy Spirit, not your efforts. The second thing is this, very quickly. It's just simply, and you can see it in Psalm 67, God's favour is upon churches that choose diversity. Churches that embrace this are blessed of God. I absolutely believe new community is on the verge of massive blessing. And there are many reasons, but one of them is that we are embracing this issue of desire to be a diverse church community. Look what it says in Psalm 67, verse 1. We read it. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. And the final verse is God's blessing us and he will bless us that all the ends of the earth, that all the nations of the world will be blessed through him. Abraham was told you will be the father of many nations and all the earth will be blessed through you. And Galatians 3 tells us that you and I are now children of that promise. The church on earth will bless the nations of the world. There's something about the favour of God on a church community that says we are not going to stay just with all the people that we hang out with. We choose diversity. We choose to be every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. 
And the favour of God, our new community, to pioneer in this is already in our DNA. It just needs to be another world that, well, that is un, that untapped so that we can go to the nations of the world. And we're not there yet, but I'm really praying for the day that new community will be sending people to the nations, that more of the nations will be coming to us, that it won't be one or two people on the plane, but actually in reality, something deep will happen in us. He'll give us an international heart and a vision and we'll be an apostolic people planting churches and reaching out to unreached people groups. I mean, I don't know all the stats, but James Silly knows all the stats. I, I don't know stats, but he does. You know, percentages of nations that there are in the three boroughs in which we, we work into. And apparently one of the biggest unreached people groups is the Nepalese. And James always says to me, well, I don't know where they are. I said, I do. They're on a, they all sit on a stone wall by Woolwich Arsenal Stadium. By, the, by, the, by Woolwich Arsenal Station, sorry. So I go in and out of Woolwich Arsenal Station all the time because I fly out of City Airport and there they all are. All these little guys all sitting on step. So some of us needs to get down there and start talking to them about Jesus because they're there. The nations of the world have come to where we live. So it's unity and diversity. It's knowing that God's favour will be upon us. The Holy Spirit will bring us unity. The Holy Spirit will bless us and bless us and bless us. Despite all the challenges we're yet to face about being a diverse church. And the final thing is this, and I want to end with this, because it's important. God's heart for this nation, this nation going through turmoil and unrest, whether that's a, a global pandemic or whether that's a cost of living crisis which is about to hit us around the corner, or whether it is a queen, a sovereign queen who has come to the end of a life well-lived well these things shape people. And we live, with our heart for the nations, we live in this nation. Some of you were born in this nation, some of you were born in other nations, and you found yourself living here in this country. Some of us have come from the nations of the world to a country that was once so affected by the gospel, it sent the gospel all around the world which is strangely one of the reasons that you're actually here. <laughs> it's just strange, this little island sent this. And now, this island is godless and secular and dare I say, even anti-Christian. But it is the nation that we all live in. And it is the reason why some of you have come from other nations to live here and to join those of us that were born here, to help to reach the lost, to help to reach this godless people. I have friends who were in an Afrikaans-speaking church in London. They've been doing that for a few years. It was, a, it was like the gathering of the Afrikaans-speaking South Africans. They ate the same food, yet they taught the same language. And then one day, God spoke to them and they realised, but we've come to this country. And if we stay like this, we're just going to isolate ourselves from the very people we're meant to. They closed and they sent all their people to be part of churches like us who are reaching this city. The challenge we face is this, 90% of this nation are uninterested, don't know Jesus, don't go to church. They're actually antagonistic towards what we stand for. It is gross darkness has covered the people. 
our good news message and the hope that we have through Jesus and the new life that we have experienced is the answer for this nation. And you and I are here for a purpose. This church, along with thousands of other churches, exist for this purpose. So the prophetic word in our worship was, there's a season coming where we'll be effectual in reaching out to people around us of every time, every tongue, and every nation. Last verse, Romans 1.16. You all know it. I am not ashamed of the gospel, says Paul, for it is the power of salvation to everyone who believes. Say everyone. everyone. It's to everyone who believes. Probably the most unreached group of people in this country now are white British males. To everyone, whoever they are, whatever their background, to reach out to them. So folks, here's the word for us as a church to be ringing in our ears. Let the nations be glad. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, I really pray. You may be on a journey about this, but please, I really pray for you to joyfully embrace this because it's going to be fantastic news. A church will continue to grow and blossom and flourish because of God's blessing upon us. Can I ask the musicians to come back, please? And um, I'd like you to stand, actually. And I want to say one more thing. And then we're going to close. I've got all of that in before 12 o'clock. The final thing I just want to mention is if you read this psalm, you see the centrality of praise. So it says in Psalm 67, verse 3, let the peoples praise you, O Lord. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Verse 5, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. There's just something about the nations gathered together, lifting up their voices. Every tribe, every tongue of every nation on earth. There's just something so wonderful about that. That praise is a big deal. And it needs to be central to who we are as a church community. You see, sometimes I think our worship can tend to be a bit introspective. Sometimes our worship is is far too much about me or maybe even about us. But praise is all about lifting our heads, gathered together about him. So praise is so important when we gather because it's about him and not about us. You may feel unworthy, but that's not the issue. He is the one who is worthy. We may not feel like praising God, but guess what? God doesn't change and his promises don't change. So however you feel, he's still worthy of praising. I'm on a bit of a mission to try and help new community to restore a sense of being a praising Community. I want to come in and talk about God, not about me. I mean, I travel around the amount of meetings that start with, I don't know what sort of week you've had, as if that's relevant. 
to anything that we're about to do. I, I can't tell you how many people, I don't know what sort of week, what's that got to do with it? I may have had a bad week, I may have had a good week. It's got nothing to do with God. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He's worthy. I like having a choir. This is really exciting. Come on. And to lift up our voices.